The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Sorry. love affair. Can't be scared when nickels down. Got a problem, tell me Sorry. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes on this town tonight. Hey, welcome to the corner of the sports. Sometimes with Joe Camp on the ATL. We got a lot going on today. We got a guest coming in uh, from the ATL. Can't know more about that, so we'll speak to that. Tracy Steele should be calling in soon. Can what's going on? Well, let me tell you about Rich first. Uh, Rich, yeah, here. I hope he's getting on the end. He's uh, he's not getting his back right. Oh, good. <laughs> he's not getting his back right. That's what he told me. Uh, but he has a sensitivity meeting, and he's going oh. to pass that because he's real sensitive. <laughs> so he's probably going to pass that class. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, he didn't guy. even pass that. Well, I know. Here told him. <laughs> but what's going on, Ken? Oh, man, I can't call it, man. It's another wacky week in sports, and there's so much going on. And, oh, man, man I really, before we jump into uh, sports, man, let's talk about this this uh, this, this Philly fanatic out in Philly last night. They got tasered. Did you see that? I saw that, man. That's a... Uh... <laughs> That was crazy. I, you know what I did see was the highlights. Um, so what's the issue? The guy running on the field, he didn't have to get tasered. Normally, they just tackle the guy and get him all off the field, escort him out, tell him you can't come back to the stadium or the arena for a whole year. And well, you, know, you know what I think it was? I think the officer was just so fat and out of shape, he just couldn't catch the guy, so he just pulled out his taser gun and just shot the guy, and, and they dropped him. Then about three or four guys came out of nowhere and just uh, kind of rough him up a little bit. But, um, you know, typical fan who wants to get on the field, but – that will never stop. How long has been fans been running on the field for for so many decades now? It's almost part of a, a tradition now. So I, I mean, going out there and tasering the guy like that, a kid, seventeen, I think that was just really uncalled for. It was uncalled for, and that's why you got a lot of these. Uh, and I've, I've said this uh, time in time out, but you got a lot of professional athletes out there, and I'm gonna kind of move to the side to this. But then you got the referees, who's the weekend referees, who they do take their job serious, but they're conditioned to run up and down the field uh, with these professional athletes. It's just they it, it, it can't do it. So you got to put so many guys on the field. Now you're in the way of a play, uh-huh. and that's what this guy is. You talking about him getting in shape? He couldn't catch the guy. Fans gonna run on the field. They've been doing it long before he tases this guy. They're going to do it long after this guy. What he should have not done, he had help. The players was going to help him if he got in the way because it would threaten. The players don't know this is a stranger to them. So what he should do, like you said, is get in shape, catch the guy, rough him up behind the scenes, and tell him don't come back for a year. Exactly. I don't think he was really had any intentions to go out there and, and hurt anybody. I mean, this was his hometown. If you really saw, the guy had a championship Philly shirt on. He was just a Philly fanatic. I think you know he what happened. Five minutes of fame. Do it. That's all he wanted was just five minutes of fame, get out there, run around. You know, you know, might probably was provoked by somebody, I'm sure. One of his a girl. Friends, uh, yeah, five minutes of fame. Yeah, one of the I bet you a girl said, I bet you do it. I said, oh, she said, uh. Do it. Go out there and do it. He said, 
<laughs> but like you said, you know, we'll be going on far after this and many know. years to come and many years been before this. So yeah, like it's crazy. Um, what's going on? All right, man, what's going on? Let's give us some NBA. Did you watch this? Uh, I want to talk about Tiger Woods down the road, too. You see this guy, Mr. Cup. But NBA-wise, um, did you see the Lakers-Celtics uh, game, man? Uh, Lakers in uh, Utah? Yeah, you say, no, they, they're not Lakers, Utah, but uh, the Celtics and uh, Cleveland game. Cleveland last night, yeah, I watched that game, man. And you know what? Cleveland could have lost that game. Boston had them that first game, okay? Yeah, yeah that's what I said. It, it should, in my opinion, it should be 2-0 Celtics. Exactly, 2-0. There's no reason why uh, Boston should have dropped that game to begin with the first game, and I think they really – you know, had a closed door meeting and said, look, we got these guys. We had these guys. We let them off the hook. Let's go out here, put it to them, put them to bed, and let's go ahead and wrap this, this series up. Cleveland, I, don't, I just didn't – I said it before. They didn't do enough last year after the Orlando series to, uh, to, to get to the finals, and I just don't think they have it uh, right now. Well, you know what, I think, um, I think the difference maker is, uh, even though these uh, Boston Celtics have a championship – I think the difference maker is Rondo. This guy is turning into a superstar. Now he was a, he was another he was a guy before they won that championship that just fit well with the team and you know I asked him to do a whole lot, just a distributed ball, uh, and he was still learning. But this guy has turned into a superstar. You have to account for him. You see what he was doing? He had 19 assists. Even his 13 points that he had last night was a huge 13 points because he made an attempt to drive to the basket and shots that you have to count for him. Mm-hmm. But the way he had the 19 assists he had, that's Jason Kidd-like. Yeah, and you also remember something. You get about eight, 19 dimes. I mean, that's, that, that, those are baskets. That's 38 points that you just accounted for plus another 13. Uh, that you, you might be talking about, what, 61 points that this guy just accounted for. Right. Uh, out of the, uh, the, uh, the 104. So this man just accounted for over 50%, over 50% of the team scoring. I mean, this man is truly becoming one of the top-tier point guards in the league. And like you said, the first time they won it, he was just a uh, you know, role player playing his role, and he was pretty good. But now he's been called, challenged, step up, and lead this team, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's leading this team to an NBA championship. Right, and I, and I think uh, these guys are like – these guys like the San Antonio Spurs are peaking at the right time because you looked at the Celtics uh, during the regular season and there was nothing to them. It looked like they was you even make you even can make the statement that these guys are looking too old. These guys are they're not going to be they're probably going to be one and done in the finals and it's, and it's, and we'll say okay they old oh, they need to revamp their team. But these guys are peaking at the right time and this kind of puts you in the mindset of San Antonio Spurs. I didn't think they was the team they are now, but when you get in the playoffs, that changed the whole uh, mindset, the whole frame of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and I just don't understand San Antonio, how they can go out here and beat a team like Dallas, who Dallas made all these trades to, uh, to compete and beat the Lakers in the finals, this, in the Western Conference finals this year, and they couldn't even get out the first round past an old, slow, beat-up, injured team like San Antonio, and Phoenix just goes out here and just runs them into the ground. I don't. Um, yeah, it, yeah. I, I think uh, San Antonio account more on that veteran leadership because they got some veterans and they probably got one or two uh, guys out there like uh, Ginobili that goes out there and go hard every time. Whether he's missing every shot or making every shot, he still goes hard. But I think the San Antonio Spurs and their coaching staff and that and that ownership there, I think they go hard uh, or count a lot on. 
the leadership of the veterans mm-hmm. to get them to the playoffs, or once they get in the playoffs to take over a lot of games. Because guys, you know, like I know, they tense up in playoffs and they don't mm-hmm. play their regular season games. But you got teams like San Antonio Spurs mm-hmm. who let it all hang out uh, and count on. Mm-hmm. I've been here before. Mm-hmm. Let me get it done. Let's get it done. We know what it takes. We mm-hmm. we have five uh, championship games. We have right. five championship banners hanging up. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what they count more on was the leadership of the veterans. Yeah. Let me ask you, did you think uh, they just relied too much on the veterans in the first round against Dallas? They laid it all out on the line. They were able to get past Dallas, and now they just don't have anything left in the tank. I mean, you got to look at Tony Parker came off the bench last night, and Steve Nash just had his way with George Hill. I think um, I, I don't know what the deal was. They got a they got a young guy there in San Antonio, which is uh which is now having Tony Parker come up the bench. I think Tony is still a starter. I don't know what the situation is over there. Maybe I think it's you know uh, that's why we draft every year because you got a guy who can come in and and give the team a spark. It's kind of like in in Dallas where you have a uh, who's the guy that come off the bench with the uh, headband? What's I can't uh, even think Terry. of his name right now. Jason Terry. Jason Terry comes off the bench. I think that's great for Jason Terry because he comes in. He's a starter that gives them, they give him that boost. So you don't lose a step because he can still mm-hmm. put up those numbers. Now uh-huh. Tony Parker coming off the bench. You going against uh, a running team and the and the Phoenix Suns, who I think learned a lesson when they played the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Uh, you have to come out and run. You can't give up your home court advantage right away like they did against Portland last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to come out and run these guys. They owe. It could be a long series. Now, if you run them in the ground, win, lose, a draw, you might have a great chance in that sixth or seventh game mm-hmm. to finish them off. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you got to look at also that Tony Parker is an NBA champion point guard uh, going up right. against uh, a two-time MVP, league MVP, and Steve Nash. Unless there was something that we didn't know about, maybe he's not over that shoulder injury he had. Um, but if he's 100% healthy, I don't think there's no reason why Popovich shouldn't have started this guy. He should have been on the court defending the best player on the second best player probably in, on the Phoenix team behind Stoudemire, of course, uh, you know, d- defending him. And you talk about veteran experience. This man won championships. This man right. knows how to get the job done against a top-tier point guard like a Steve Nash. And as you see, George Hill was just, I mean, as, as good as he is, as good as he's been, he's quick, he's fast, he can shoot. But Steve Nash just torched this guy. Well, I agree with you 100%. I need my leadership, and that's the San Antonio Spurs. I need my veteran leadership. I need guys who've been with me when I won no championship. When it comes down to it, it's about winning and losing. It's about winning that championship. We're in the playoffs, so once you're in the playoffs, what's left to do but to win a championship, to take it the distance? Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather have Tony Parker on the floor than coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. I would rather have uh, a Jason Taylor on the floor than coming off the bench. I want mm-hmm. the guys who's going to give me that jump, give me that lead, and then you can evaluate as a coach. You can come in and say, well, I'm not going to start you this coming out the half. We have a 13-point lead. Mm-hmm. And then, or I may, I, may, I may put you in to get your legs back under you and then take you out, but I mm-hmm. need you down the stretch because I know what you're going to give me as mm-hmm. a veteran. Exactly, and that's like a, you know, with the Lakers. That's a Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom doesn't start the game. You know, he, he got Bynum starting in front of him, but, you know, who's the best player coming off that bench? Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom Lamar finished the game. You best to believe Lamar Odom is going to come in probably 
four or five minutes left in the, at the end of the first quarter. But the last eight minutes of that game, Lamar Odom's going to be on that floor. He's going to be one of your leaders that you're going to be looking to to get the job done like he did. Right, and the guy's uh, left-handed. So exactly. uh, I, I like that. It comes down to coaching. I like when you have a lot of options where you got like three guys on your bench that could be starting for you. And Lamar Odom's one of those guys that could be started. You remember the absence of Kobe for about five weeks, uh, four or five weeks. I thought Lamar Odom came in and did a great job. I thought he uh, was running the number two well. He came in and ran the three well. Mm. Uh, and he's a guy who has versatility that can do that for you in that Laker organization. Um, and you need a guy like that to put the numbers up in the absence of. And then, you know, Phil Jackson talking about going with a smaller lineup. He might put Bynum in that smaller lineup, mm -hmm. uh, let these guys run up and down against Utah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a game when the playoffs is a game of matchups. So it's going to come all, it's gonna come down to that and, and the team with the last shot. And it's, in a situation like this, and it'll probably be Kobe shooting it, we'll win. Yeah, and I think you also got to look at the adjustments as well. I think, uh, you know, I'm a diehard Laker fan. The Lakers are defending champions. I Lakers know you are. Do, Lakers, <laughs> Lakers do have a great shot at getting back to the uh, uh, the finals without yeah, a stumbling yeah, block. Now that you come got I want you to finish that up. Yeah. This Kwame Lassen of the sports sometimes Rich, so although Rich is in a sensitivity class, and he probably would pass. He's the most audio-sensitive <laughs> guy on the planet. And Ken from the ATL, we come back. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you ready for a fresh, candid, and entertaining look at sports? It's time for a radio show that doesn't tackle sports like everyone else. Join former NFL player Nick Murphy for Murphy's Law. Hear it directly from your favorite pro and collegiate athletes, coaches, and media personalities as they dissect what's going on in the world of sports. It's sports, entertainment, and fun, and it's all part of Murphy's Law. Tune in Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's Hot Topics. school to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports
or sometime rich show camp from the ATL. Uh, we just can myself. Rich is getting his back cracked, or he's in a sensitivity class. I think one of those he told me, but, you know, he said, he, Ken, he told me he'll listen to the show. He'll check the archives. You can check the archives on uh, iTunes. Uh, you can go get that. You can download it for free, put it on your podcast. Uh, you can ch- call, it, call in. You want to join the conversation, 888-346-9144. Ken, you were, you were talking about the Lakers. Let's get back into that, and then we move on to a, which is going to be a fight. You know, it's going to be a fight with the Orlando and the uh, Hawks, but I also want to get into that fight, that boxing uh, for oh, Mayweather. Oh, that Lakers, mostly put on? Okay, we'll get to that. But uh, like I was saying, you know, with the Lakers, I think the Lakers got an uh, easy road to the Western Conference Finals now, now that the top three teams that I thought would give them the, the toughest test to, to get there, uh, Denver, Portland, and uh, Dallas are now out the way. Um, I mean, Jazz. Jazz is a good team, but I just don't think they have the bench, the depth, the length to really match up with the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers' bench just kind of fell apart. I think they got sloppy. I think they got lazy uh, when we when we lost that lead. But you know, as you saw, when you put the starters back in there, they were able right. to recover well. And uh, you know, I think the Lakers are going to probably finish up out the Jazz probably in about five games. I'm going four one on this for the knockout blow. Yeah, well, the San Antonio, you're talking to the Lakers. Let me shout out to Elizabeth Dobbs out in Texas. She, I don't know if she's a Mavericks fan, uh, Mavericks fan, Dallas Mavericks, or San Antonio, but San Antonio on their way out. Now, as far as the Lakers, and as far as the Lakers and the coaching staff, I, I think uh, when you can beat a team down in the playoffs, don't take your players out. Finish them off. Um, you, you never know. Uh, there's no tomorrow in the playoffs. You never know how these teams are coming back. And the Suns almost found that out in that first series against Portland. But with the Lakers, man, I think they have everything to repeat as uh, world champions. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to even say it's going to be against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. I- I'm not going to say it's going to be the Boston Celtics because we've got to talk about those Lando Magics out there, man. Mm-hmm. But um, if you've got a chance to finish teams off, finish them off and get ready, and get ready to play. Mm-hmm. It-, it does yourself a great deal um, to have that type of rest in the playoffs when you can get it. Mm-hmm. And I think with teams finishing a four one, you you give your times rest when other teams are going four three uh, in a long a long drawn out series. I eat the Hawks. I eat the Hawks against the um, Milwaukee Bucks. I yeah. thought the Milwaukee Bucks might pull up and all, but both of those teams found a way to win one on the road. Mm-hmm. They found one, and they couldn't win on the road. But when it came down to the last two games, they found a way to win on the road. I think the Hawks. I think the Milwaukee Bucks. It's one of those teams you got to count for down the road, just like the Oklahoma uh, Thunder. It's one of those teams you got to count down the road, but they, they, they need to fill in those missing pieces uh, that's going to get them over the hump. Because mm-hmm. you can't count on that one guy. It's not a uh, Chicago Bulls with just Jordan and Pippen. You, you need one or two guys. You need a guy who can come off the bench, mm-hmm. and you make your team um, um, compatible, compatible with the rest of the league. You just can't have that one or two superstars that's going to get it done. Exactly. And if I was a Hawks fan or a coaching staff member right now, I'd be very, very, very concerned that I just went seven games with the Milwaukee Bucks who was, was out without two of their all-stars, Andrew Bogut and Michael Red, And right. they still was able to take this team seven games and, uh, and was able to uh, snatch one away in Atlanta where Atlanta could have closed them out. So Orlando going, I mean, the Hawks going to Orlando, Orlando who, who, who swept uh, the Charlotte Bobcats. Uh, who has plenty of rest, I, I, I think the uh, Hawks are going to be a little winded, a little tired, a little fatigued, and uh, I don't think they're going to be any match for uh, the Orlando Magic. Do you think that rest for the Orlando Magic have uh, maybe a setback? Maybe for the first, I, I think maybe for the first mm, quarter, the first full quarter, 
but I think they get their legs back under them because mm-hmm. practicing is not the same as game speed. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. You, a lot of practice, you go through your drills. You, it's a lot of walk through where you need to be, where you should be, or where there's going to be openers. And then you got to get, you know, the rotation of the um, offense. You got to rotate that ball around quick. And these guys got to get a position. Mm-hmm. But with the uh, Hawks going seven games mm-hmm. and Orlando sweeping in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that? Who do you think that benefits more? Because the Hawks can come in right now and continue running, mm-hmm. whereas Orlando had enough time off where they got their legs back under them. And I'm sure uh, the coaching staff of uh, Van Gundy over there, the coaching staff, would do his job, do a great job of getting those guys ready to play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, Atlanta is probably going to have any more gas in the tank to be able to go. Uh, the distance with Orlando. I mean, Orlando, they're rested. Uh, you know, they're ready to run. Uh, I mean, the Hawks just came from a seven-game series against a very quick and fast uh, team that likes to run in Milwaukee Bucks. Brandon Jennings, John Salmons, uh, Israel. Uh, you know, that was a running team. Uh, right. uh, that was a running team. I mean, you, they had to run seven games up and down the court against these guys. Uh, I think the conditioning and the legs of the Hawks is going to wear out, wear them out, and uh-huh. I think they're just going to, you know, I don't think – I'd give them two games. I want to say one, but I might even just go two. <laughs> you want to say one, because, because you're in Atlanta, Atlanta you want, you're giving up. them two games. <laughs> I just don't want to get beat up, so I'd give them two. I'm going to give them one. I think it'd be over in uh, five games. It, it possibly can be because today – They're not going to win in Orlando. No. They're not going to win in Orlando. I think it'd be – I think it'd be one one and done for these guys. Uh, five and one series. Yeah. It'd be I mean, four and one series. Orlando, they come back here. They might split one. But if it goes back down to Orlando, it's a wrap. I can't really see where the Hawks match up well. I, I, I mean – maybe two or three guys, but then Orlando has five guys on that court that can finish you off, that you mm-hmm. have to account for. Mm-hmm. You, can't do a, you can't do a lot of double teaming or they're going to kill you from the perimeter. Mm-hmm. And then if they get the ball down low, it's over. Yeah. I think here's where the um, Hawks may benefit. When the, when the center gets in foul trouble too much, he, he make a lot of silly mistakes. He make a lot of silly fouls. He fouled for no reason. I watched this guy in the first series against Charlotte foul out of a game. And he can't, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. But three of those fouls was for no reason. Mm-hmm. So once, you get, um, once they get him in foul trouble, then I think the Hawks can work their inside-outside game because they do have a great shooter in Joe Johnson. They have a good shooter in those guys out there on the perimeter. But down, if, if it comes down to playing an inside game, the Hawks is going to be at a dis- disadvantage. Uh-huh. Yeah, they don't got nobody that can uh, uh, put a body on, uh, on Dwight Howard. Uh, I mean, was not good. Yeah, he's, yeah, but he stays in foul trouble for no reason, and mm-hmm. that, that becomes a problem mm-hmm. down the road down the, uh, later on in the game. Yeah, I really think that's only when he's playing the, against the bigger guy. And with, with, the, with the, uh, Atlanta, he doesn't have to worry about that. I think Atlanta is going to be the ones that's going to be getting into foul trouble trying to defend uh, Dwight Howard. Yeah, but if, I, if I'm Atlanta, I'm going to make him work on both hands of the court, whether I'm offensive foul or not. I'm going to put a body on him, and I'm going to go at him. Yeah. Because he is a guy. All you have to do is go at him, but hold the ball in your hand. Either he's going to foul you, or it's going to be a jump ball. You're not going to yeah. win a jump ball, but you may get that foul. Mm-hmm. And, and these guys are professionals, so they can create a shot. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody on the court has the ability to create a shot. Mm-hmm. But I'm going at um, Dwight Howard mm-hmm. in this game because I know from watching film in the future ga- uh, previous games, that he makes silly fouls for no reason. Mm-hmm. And if i got to count on him, then he goes to the bench and pout. Yep. So I don't know how much maturity mm-hmm. uh, mentally he has grown, but physically I think he's the most dominant center in the game. 
Yeah, he is. And it's going to be a very uh, interesting matchup. I'm very eager to, uh, to, to look forward to seeing the game tonight. But uh, other than that, what did you think about the fight on Saturday, though? Man, I thought, um, I thought it was over in the second round. You thought it was over in the second round? You thought he was going to go? I thought he was going to go in the second round, but uh, Sugar Shane couldn't finish him off. Sugar Shane couldn't finish him off. And, and, I, and I like Floyd Mayweather. I like Mayweather, but I don't like that bragging. He, too much bragging I don't like. I, you should be able to brag if you're the best, but at the same time, if you're the best, you don't have to brag. Just show up and get it done. Mm-hmm. But what Sugar Shane brag about don't even have anything to do with boxing. Mm-hmm. So, but I thought it would be over in the second round, when, uh, but Sugar Shane just couldn't finish all. That day, going, um, Floyd Mayweather was holding him because his legs were weak. He knew he was about to go. Mm-hmm. He knew he was about to go. So as a veteran, uh, you've been in a situation like that, I thought it was uh, – I thought that's why the fight went the way it went because he was able to stay up. Yeah. But Sugar Shane just could not finish him off. Uh-huh. And, and we knew coming into this fight, uh, you know, this would be the first fighter that Mayweather has fought that was a, a true 147. You know? Right. So he, right. he's never felt power in a punch like a – and a fighter of this caliber like a Sugar Shane Mosley. And I think if this fight would have happened maybe a few years ago, that would have probably would have been a knockout. But because, you know, Shane, 38, 39 years old, I think time just caught up with him. I, just, I think he lost a little something off his, uh, his power, off his punch, and he couldn't finish him off. And uh, he gave uh, Floyd Mayweather probably the best defensive fighter in, 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 in the game today. You yeah. know, time to recuperate, get his legs back, get his sense back, and and you know Mayweather he adjusts why he's fighting the fight. He don't never uh, you know try to compare, you know try to adjust to the guy before the fight when when he's sparring. He waits till he gets into the ring and he adjusts as the fighter is fighting him, and that's what he did. Sugar Saint let him open, and he he knew how to fight uh, his fight for the rest of the fight on. He never run another round. I thought um, that's a credit to his corner and. Um, he has a, he comes from a boxing family, you know. Them, them guys, them guys put it down. I love watching this guy on a, uh, Mayweather twenty four seven. I like what he do, and um, as far as the show is concerned, I don't. I wouldn't so much humiliate my opponent uh, the way he does his opponent. But again, that's what Ali did. It's part of the game. Um, you you gotta if you got your opponent thinking about something else, then he's not thinking about boxing. Then he comes in there. He comes in the ring with the vengeance, and, and all technique is out the door. But I, I, what he's able to do during the course of a round is awesome because he's uh, not only he's a great offensive player, he's a great uh, counterpuncher as well, mm-hmm. but he can defend himself and later, on, later in the rounds. Because mm-hmm. boxing, if you think about it, you don't really have to knock a guy out, but we would like to see that. It's mm-hmm. all on points. And mm-hmm. I think he's a great uh, technician as far as getting points on a guy. Yeah. So how you and think I agree with you when you said it. We got a minute until we go to commercial, but I agree with you. Said uh, he hasn't fought anybody a true 147 with that type of power yet. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say in the second round, I thought it was over because when he felt those blows from uh, Sugar Shane Mosley, when he felt those blows, I thought it was over. Um, I, we got the music playing, so we'll get back into this. But I thought it was over, man, when he felt those blows. But he got into his corner. He was able to regroup, um, and then he's still the best. I like to see. Or Mayweather retired on top without losing around. Not a Roy Jones situation. We'll come back. We'll finish up on that. We'll talk about some other stuff. We've got a lot in the sports world. Formula for Sports, Sometime Rich Show with Ken from the ATL. We'll be back in about two minutes.
The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. It's all Arizona, all over the world. If you're a local Arizona high school sports fan, or if you're a transplanted fan somewhere else in the world, have we got a show for you. The first internet sports radio talk show focusing solely on high school sports is The Coach's Corner with Scott Lovely. Tune in to talk about your favorite teams, players, or coaches. It's 100% Arizona high school sports coverage and a little bit more. Tune in Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. PM Eastern to the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasso Sports Sometime Rich Show with Ken from ATL. Uh, we love talking all. We love all talking about the uh, Shane, uh Florida uh, Mayweather fight. Um, we talking about. We was off the air talking about the Pacquiao fight. You think that's gonna get done, Ken? I think it's gonna. I think it's. Uh, it's gonna get done. It, it's just too much money out there, and Pacquiao knows that because Pacquiao knows there's not another big payday in front of him. Okay, there's nothing else. I mean. Who, who, Berto, but don't you think people will pay to see uh, a Manny Pacquiao fight? Whomever he's fighting? Not after that last fight he fought. Um, I, I think, you know, I mean, there's nobody else out there. Um, Floyd Mayweather is it. After Floyd Mayweather, 
there's there's nobody else out there. I think both of these fighters are at the age and have fought enough fights, made enough money to the point where this will be the highest grossing fight in 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 boxing history. Both of them are going to probably walk away with about fifty to sixty million apiece uh, all around. Um, Before that, what was it? Was it a um, uh, what was it, Oscar De La Hoya fight? And um, who who was he fighting? Was he fighting Vernon Forrest? When Vernon put, hit him in the ribs and he cried and fell down. <laughs> yeah, I think that was that was that was a while ago, a long time ago. Yeah, but I, was that but was that the highest paid fight uh, in the history of boxing? No, I think because I think Oscar made easily Pacquiao Cotto. Pacquiao Cotto. Pacquiao Cotto, Cotto broke that one. Um, okay, but, because yeah, he so made easily be... uh, thirty-three million for getting out in the second round, but not to not to mention the box office numbers that he accumulated from uh, mm-hmm. what was it uh, HBO. Yeah, and you know you talk about your your marketing, and then uh, of course, uh, Golden Boy Production, uh, Golden Boy Production is, exactly. is going to get involved in it, of course, uh, with the Sugar Shane Mosley side of the deal as well. You know, so he made he made money all around, and I believe this will be a Golden Boy's promotion coming up with Pacquiao and uh, uh, and uh, Mayweather, and I think it's going to happen at the end of this year. Pacquiao has agreed to drop his stance against the uh, uh, drug testing. Uh, he's going to go with a 14 day drug testing before the fight so that's that's you know better than the 28 days he refused to do before so if he's going to say okay you can drug test me 14 days before the fight that's basically saying i want mayweather and i think it's going to happen one last fight a super fight both of them have fought enough fights to retire made enough money they're going to make about 40 50 60 million dollars a piece off of this fight they're going to sell off into the sunset because guess what after mayweather pacquiao there's nobody else left out there to fight this will be uh, a big name big money fight well i think um money mayweather he i think he holds the cards and uh, and and the status to get this done but if you remember after every boxing fight, every boxing match, you get tested after the round. So I think uh, Floyd, now he's saying, I want you tested before, and you say they're going to meet halfway. I think the winner of this, uh, well, after this fight, both of them should retire. Mm-hmm. Because I agree with you 100%. There's nobody after this, and why would you want to go out? I would hate to see a guy like uh, Money Mayweather, with all the bragging and, um, that he does, go out like Roy Jones. I thought Roy Jones would have been – Went down as the best fighter ever mm-hmm. with, a, with a, no blemishes on his record. Mm-hmm. He's been knocked out three or four times. Mm-hmm. And it's because so, uh, he, he, I like to see the longer you stay in the game, uh-huh. the more successful you are to hitting that canvas and not mm-hmm. getting up. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, after this fight, I believe after this fight, yeah, both of them should go off into the sunset. Because uh, Pacquiao is doing a whole lot of things over there, too. He has a CD out. He's singing over there. And he's where he, he is uh, in the Philippines. He is the guy. He he should be running for president. He's running for Congress, actually. But yeah, there's there's a lot of money to be made. It's just unfortunate that with the numbers that came out uh, last week, uh, the last fight with Sugar Shane and um, and uh, Mayweather. Sugar Shane only made about six million dollars in this fight, and I say only, but then after paying all his trainer and and everybody that's uh, affiliated with his camp, he's not going. That six million just dwindled down to like two. Yeah, he owed two million, so you had to give that back. Then you had to give, uh, pay off your 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 trainers and your spars and everybody, your your whole staff, and you know he, he only walked away with two million. And, and Floyd Mayweather, of course, knew this and bragged about it. Yeah, he said he needed the money because then uh, he did brag about it. And that's why, that's why I didn't like. But you mean you find everything on somebody uh, to bring your opponent down because he said 
this guy said he's not fighting for the money when he needed the money. Uh, Mayweather said, well, he's a prize fighter. He's supposed to fight for the money. Well, there's no other prize in boxing but the, the money in the belts. And Mayweather makes it clear that the belts are not going to be there at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Those belts go uh, tarnish and vanish away, but you're going to always have your money if you do the right things with them. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know who, um, who did he owe that money to, $2 million to. Well, he took a pay uh, in advance from the from uh, from the promoters. Really? Know that. Yeah, he took a pay advance. They, they gave him, they fronted him two million dollars, of course, to get things going. You know, get your your staff together and all that stuff. Because you know, you gotta remember something. Sugar Shane just went through a divorce. She cleared them out. You know, she she wow. wiped them out. Yeah. So um, you know, divorce. Wow. And, so you know, he need he all really that needed. fighting he's doing, all those big paydays he had. Mm-hmm. He went through a divorce, and 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 now she didn't out. get in the ring at all. And she got all his money? She wiped him out because what they do is they, they uh, base it on your future earnings. And he already had contracts in place already with Golden Boy Production. And, you know, he's part owner of Golden Boy. He already had right. fight deals already in place. So they said, well, okay, well, let's go ahead and give her hers now. <laughs> so they didn't leave him real, really with much. So he just walked away clean and, you know. I don't know if I want to believe all that. Money. I think he's uh, putting some money away from somewhere. Because, goodness <laughs> gracious, that guy has been in a lot of fights and he's mm-hmm. – he made some. Sugar Shane's made some money. Yeah, you know he had a, he had a tax uh, a, a tax uh, uh, debt there that he uh, you know he almost got in trouble for you know so I mean IRS came knocking on the door and uh, you know of course they took a piece of this too this last fight so uh, it's not much wow. very much left for him you know he just one of those fighters you know made a lot of money and like Floyd Mayweather you know he was almost heading down that path before that last fight. Uh, he was getting in trouble with the IRS. He fought uh-huh. that last yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. He, he said the IRS took thirty uh, million dollars from him. Yeah. He said the IRS took thirty million from him. Them mm-hmm. taxes are something else, aren't they? Yeah. And you know, hey, Mike Tyson, another prime example. They came oh, out. I already know. They, I know how much they take. You really don't. You really. What you do in your life, if you're able to make some money, you're really making it for everybody else but yourself. Mm-hmm. And you got to get into the right investments. You know, you know how the investment goes. Uh-huh. Uh, everybody want to invest your money better than you can. So, mm-hmm. you it's easy to lose money when you um when you when you make money. Uh-huh. First of all, the IRS got to take theirs, and then mm-hmm. you know you got other things you have to take care of outside of that. Yeah, and and not going to the strip club and to the regular clubs with with, uh, well, with, with Atlanta, big old uh, rolls of hundreds and just tossing them out to the crowd. I mean, you're doing that everywhere you go. I mean, have you seen some of the videos of Mayweather out and about just tossing the I've money? I've seen that, and I thought that was the dumbest thing ever. You go to the strip club and uh, throw money in the air. Uh-huh. For real? You made that much money? Yeah. At some point, you're not going to be able to throw that, do that. Uh-huh. And you, then you, you look at the IRS about. is looking at everything that we're seeing, too. You're like, oh, he really? He taxes on that money he throw in the air. You know that, right? Huh? Yeah, he paid taxes on that money he throw in the air. If you got that money throw oh, yeah. in the air, we won't tax you. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think he just got himself caught up in some little IRS problems, and that's why he, I think that's what really forced him back out of the retirement real quick. Yeah, yeah. That's that crazy. $30 million. So now he just, well, he did recoup it on the fight, and I think this next big uh, fight uh, with the Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao, is going to set both of them on top, and then he can retire. Exactly. And he can start putting things away, doing, you know, and then we won't see him as much and won't hear that bragging. But I just like, I just like to see a guy like Money Mayweather, and we'll get off this and, you know, go out on top of his game. Yeah. And, and you know, he will be the uh, one of the best fighters ever. Yeah. So if Pacquiao and Mayweather get together, who you, who, who you like? I like a man right now. 
Ooh, we. I like uh, Pacquiao. I'm gonna go ahead and say that right now. You gonna put Pacquiao out there? Mm. He a junkyard dog, man. This guy's this guy used to eat his dogs for dinner. His his, his father made him eat. <laughs> it, you know, it depends on where you come from. Now, I'm not saying uh, uh, Money Mayweather didn't come from a place where he has to grow up real quick and has to be able to fight, put his back against the wall, and take on anybody who wants to come. But Manny Pacquiao, them guys was when you down and out. And then the only place you have to go after that is down and out again. Mm-hmm. That's that's Manny Pacquiao. This guy, his his father killed their pet, which was their dog, and they had to eat the dog for dinner. Mm-hmm. Now, you ain't gonna go back to that lifestyle. You refuse to lose in a in a big situation like this. So adversity to him is nothing. Now today, I'll say this: today I like Pacquiao. I'm a, I'm a Money Mayweather fan outside of the bragging and all that stuff, but that comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. But so today I'm a Pacquiao fan. You ask me as that once them papers get signed for them guys to fight, and you let me look at a couple shows. I need to see how they look. I didn't like. I wanted Sugar Shane to win, but when they was talking about Sugar Shane, was just sitting there smiling like, and I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, he gonna get him, but he's sitting there smiling like, yeah, okay, okay, but then. The end results say, man, you should have been doing some bragging, too. Maybe that would have cost you. You do a lot of bragging. You have to back it up. So mm-hmm. Sugar Shane wasn't saying anything. So, I mean, he just go out there and get, you know, get handled by him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Pacquiao is around the same age as, as Sugar Shane as well. And you got to remember something. Mayweather is still 33, considered to still be in his prime. Yeah, and 38 I, years old yeah. is what uh, I think Mosley that, was. And yeah. I can say, well, well, do you see how Mosley, you know, the age caught up with him throughout the fight, but... Pacquiao's a different breed. This his last fight. This man went twelve rounds. He could have went twelve rounds uh, with uh, with Cotto or or Margarito, uh, all the guys that he just recently fought. You know, and I so think who you took, got? Yeah, he took Cotto into the twelfth round. I ugh, I hate to go against Mayweather, but Pacquiao doesn't stop. The man fights the same way from round one to. To the to the last second of the twelfth round, if it goes that far, and right. he keeps up the pressure, you cannot stop this man from coming at you. This man just stays in your face, swinging, swinging throughout the whole fight. I don't think Mayweather can sustain this type of punishment, uh, that speed that's going to be coming at him. Uh, you know, um, Mosley didn't do that. Uh, I, 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 I got I got Pacquiao in ten. Okay, I like that. Yeah, he keeps the on him. But we will come back and take a break and finish up the last segment. Uh, you want to call in 888-346-9144. Kwame Lassie Sports sometime. Rich Ken from the ATL. We'll be back in two minutes. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports joe cribs no average joe is here for you the fan to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports we'll discuss not only the headliners but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today it's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference most valuable player, and a member of the Alabama Sports 
Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, Grand Am, or even Lava Racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, the host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster around the world to work each week to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing, while also never forgetting the local weekend warriors. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry, your front row seat to the world of racing. Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Power Up Channel. Be there or get a DNF. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports arms welcome back to the family of sports sometimes rich joe Hey, I'm changing up my uh, sexy board segment. Uh, I'm getting some Teddy Pendergrass. I can't do this no more. Uh, I got please. Teddy Pendergrass uh, on the last segment. Ken, welcome back to the show. Let me give you some more uh, top stories. Big Ben evaluating clinic over the weekend. All pro John Shopper agrees to return to the Saints, but I want to talk about that. Uh, Sweet had, Lima Sweet had surgery over in Pittsburgh. Uh-oh. The car signed. I was with Arizona Connors for uh, all weekend, man. So that, we'll talk about that uh, on our fan page that you, uh, Adam, and you, you own it hard. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else we got? Ex running back Corey Dillon arrested, uh, allegedly assaulting his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story in New Orleans is the coaches on these Vikings. Is it Vikings or is it something harder yeah, than it's, that? It's Vikings. Right. Which, What's which going is, on with is, that, man? Which is considered a, a narcotic. <laughs> it's not, that's not off the street. You can't get that on the street. You got to go over to Tijuana, and uh, we'll talk about Tijuana another time, too. Uh, but you got to go to Tijuana and get. Uh, that type of stuff, man. That's a narcotic, like you yeah. said. Yeah, you got to get a prescription for that. And they up there saying they got access to it to the to the medical closet. And that these guys are down here breaking in and taking them out. And uh, what, what what are they down there? You know, trying to be like Master Chief for real down there in New Orleans? They, man, I don't know what's going. On. I, I I really want to know what what's the situation with this thing. They taking the keys from the trainers and going in there. I mean, you the head coach, but if you the head trainer, the head trainer got more power than the head coach. Mm-hmm. You can't get. From what I've seen, you can't get these guys the keys or tell them or take the keys and let them go and do what they want to do. Especially they had a, um, one of the security guards was an ex-FBI guy. You think he's going to allow it to happen when, depending on what kind of te- integrity this guy had when he was an FBI agent? Mm-hmm. He sees that. Of course he's going to put it out there. Everybody wants their 15 minutes to turn uh, their five minutes to go to 15, 15 to 30. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, of course, that's going to come out like that. But I would love to know what happened in that situation. Why are they on Vikings? Yeah. yeah I mean, is it something that we don't know about? Uh, equals Super Bowl champions. If that's the case, all these coaches need to get on them. Yeah. Uh, is it something that we don't know about down there? I mean, is it some, uh, some unheard of injuries that's not been reported? Uh, or, or are they really taking enough to really consider it a, a street sale amount? Because uh, <laughs> as much as these guys are making, I just don't see them taking a whole bottle of Vicodin and then going out and trying to, trying to sell it on the streets. Okay? Because you're not going to you make some money. You have a bunch of Vicodin in your possession and you went on the street sell them, you're going to jail. Exactly. So I, I think there's something more to it so that's going on down here. And a bar, you going to jail. Mm-hmm. That's a public place, right? Yeah. If you get in a fight, and now football arenas or basketball arenas, those are public places, right? Uh huh. You can get a fight now, you won't go to jail. You can um, take Vicodin right now, you won't go to jail. Mm-hmm. But if you're taking Vicodin without a prescription from your doctor, uh-huh. and, and they want to know why you had that Vicodin. And, and, you, and that could be uh, intent to sell if you're taking it and then you're giving it to other players. And that seems like what's going on right now. But like yeah, I said. I, yeah, and if you yeah. give it to other players and these players are doing whatever they with them, they take them. Or like you said earlier, are there that many injuries on that team? You got to do what you got to do to keep these guys on the field. And I know in the National Football League, Trainers and coaches and GMs, they lie to you to tell you, and, and the team doctors, they do lie to you to tell you you're all right to play. Uh, the team, the doctors say, oh, it's not as bad as you think it is. And you want to play, all they, they just feed off your, um, your drive, your ambition, your determination. They feed off your, your uh, intensity for the game. If you want to play, they're going to tell you go on out there and do what you can. At least you'll give us a little bit before you tear up your whole body, before you tear up your knee or whatever it is. So they do a lot to you to get you out there. And if that Viking got those guys on the field, then wow. Yeah. And they, they, they really do need to be investigated. Uh-huh. And I hope some of those Vikings are not making it over to your boy Darren Sharper because I heard about he had an injury that uh, really cost him two or three years left on his uh, contract. Well, or could have got a two-year contract. They, they signed Darren Sharper um, to a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. And um, you mentioned that his knee injury was worse than it had uh, been presented. Yeah, huh yeah, so he's 35 years old. And he's still a playmaker. This guy, uh, I think Darren has about 63 interceptions, man, 63 career interceptions. That's the Hall of Fame numbers. Um, he's top running lot, uh, all-time list, uh, 11 career interceptions for touchdowns. Uh, Rod Wilson has 12 of those. Uh, Darren Schauber, man, he's, I think he's first. He's about 71 yards away from – uh, Rob Wilson's interception for yardage. This guy is going in the Hall of Fame as soon as he get. Uh, he'll probably be a first ballot Hall of Fame. There's no other way around it. Yeah, once he retire, five years later, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But to take three years off his life, you know, you, you're doing him a disservice because you haven't heard anything bad from him. He goes out there and he plays his best. I don't think he's the greatest tackler in the world, not even close to being one of the best tacklers in the world, uh, but he goes out there and makes plays. The ball is in the air. He's in, he's in the air with the ball. He's coming down with it. Mm-hmm. Now, they're calling this uh, a micro-fracture surgery, okay? you got to look That's at the all the years that he's been playing on, on turf, and he's 35. Do you think this is something that could have contributed to that? Absolutely. I know that's exactly what it is because all that pounding, you say turf. All it is is you playing on a carpet. Think about the, the porch turf you put on your porch, the carpet you put on your porch. Uh, when we were kids, we saw that. You know how everybody had that green porch. Mm-hmm. That's all it is, man. You, you're playing on some cement with a, with a sheet of uh, green carpet on it, uh, and this guy's planting and cutting. And at this position, plant, cutting, uh, 
quick and sudden burst uh, off his knees. The human body is not even meant to do that. We just make it do that. We do things that, you know, if you train your mind right, you can get it done. So I think that plays a lot into it. And, and this microfracture, I, I'm not a fan of it because uh, I had a knee surgery, and it got, I didn't get the microfracture, but the doctor drilled three holes in it. And this is not what we discuss, discussed before I went into surgery. But they say it heals better, it heals stronger. Now, this microfracture is where they put millions of tiny holes into your knee and let it go back, heal up solidly. So, um it comes back stronger. Mm-hmm. But if, you, if you, you do that for a regular person, then fine, it should work because you don't, come back, you don't have to come back out rehab uh, the same way these uh, professional guys do, and the intensity they have to go through was planting, cutting, and jumping. You don't have to do that as an average person. Um, but the professional guys, like basketball guys, who have to jump, uh, plant, run, uh, sprint, burst, um, it doesn't work. Your knee never heals up the same. And that's why you see guys end their career. And you mentioned earlier that th- that could take three years off his career. I think he can play as long as he uh, wanted to or allow him to if they don't do something like that. Mm-hmm. And they said this is the same type of injury that uh, Reggie Bush had suffered. But you got to remember something. Reggie Bush, when he had his injury, his surgery, he was 24 years old. And look how long it took him to get back to 100%. He wasn't even 100%. Halfway last through the year. season, exactly. He wasn't really healthy until when? Right before the playoffs, when yep. you saw him being uh, showing flashes of the Reggie Bush of old. Reggie Bush saved him that one uh, game that uh, they played. Uh, the Cardinals. When, yeah, I think it was. Had, yeah, was yeah, the Cardinals game because he, he, he took and, off on a yeah, sixty-something yeah. yard run. It should have been a six-yard loss, tackle mm-hmm. for loss. Exactly, and so you got to remember something. This is a, a eighteen. Uh, it was an 18-week season. The man yes. didn't even come back until the last couple of games, 100% really until like the last couple of games before the playoffs. And, you know, you talk about Darren Sharper, who's 35, and it's the same type of injury. I don't see him being 100%, maybe just as halfway, maybe right before the playoffs of next season. I'm not a huge fan of that surgery. And then – you could almost possibly say Reggie Bush getting to the pros and he can't do what he did in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but nobody understands the surgery you got. They think, okay, he had knee surgery. No, you got to understand the surgery and what this guy's doing for a living. So I agree with you. He didn't get right until the playoffs, and that's when they need him the most because that took him over the hump. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that defense being suspect, they had one of the most high-power offense in the league, but their defense was – they wasn't that high range. They were giving up points. Mm-hmm. It was giving up points, and Reggie Bush came back at the right time mm-hmm. coming off that surgery uh, years ago. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you don't get that surgery, or if it has to be done, you've got to be willing to get this guy some time, knowing you're not going to get him back until that thing is fully healed up. And, and it's better if you're a younger guy like Reggie Bush was. we got 30 seconds. Okay. And, um, all right, man, give me a shout-out before we go. But um, I, I think you're right on with the uh, – the guys get this microfracture, and, and we'll talk more about what's going on in New Orleans and, and most, mostly back when the draft, the team settled in from free agency and doing these camps. Yeah, and I'm going to shout out Ken. investigation, too, on this uh, Chad Ochocinco and uh, his dancing partner, Cheryl, getting things a little bit heating up. So I have some more information on that next week. Okay. All right, this is Kwame Lodge Sports. Sometimes Rich Show, Rich is in a sensitivity class. We always got Ken <laughs> from the ATL. Check out the fan page, uh, Ken B. blogging on. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in this week. 
Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america sports channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit VoiceAmericasports.com. the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.